You are listening to Life Clips, episode 34. Right. Hey, family. So uh, I first want to say, wow, we've gotten some uh, new subscribers, um, over half, really. So I've doubled within the last week. So I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So um, just so you know, because you are new to Life Clips podcast, uh, I don't always, but just know that I don't see you as a subscriber. I see you as a member of the family. So welcome to the family. And uh, as always, um, I always want to start this first by saying that uh, you need to subscribe to the channel. So go ahead and just click the link in the bottom left corner right over here. And uh, also give it a thumbs up and uh, share. So we need to get the word out. Um, yeah, I'm standing this week. I wanted to try something a little different. So I do have to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> That's why I'm standing. Sometimes I get so tired of sitting uh, through these podcasts. But it's just going to be me this week. Um, there's not going to be any videos. There's not going to be any doodlies done. Uh, so it's really just going to be me diving into this book because we need to um, move forward a little bit since we kind of just went into the rapture on Wednesday's episode. So here we are on Friday and I want to get into the errors that she talks about and uh, then we can move on to the rest of this amazingly non-biblical fiction book. So um, with that being said, uh, again, Melissa, the red pill, the world lady, if you're listening to this video, I, I want you to reach out to me. I want to have a dialogue with you. I want to sit down and have a conversation about the passages that you are totally taking out of context to fit your agenda and what you believe to be truth. And the devil is very slick. He's very... Uh, deceitful. I, I, we've seen that from the beginning of time. And for some reason, I, you know, that's why I, I think I'm getting a lot of thumbs down, which I don't care because it's not going to silence me. Um, this movement is blinded by deception. This is not a Christian movement. Um, and if you believe this stuff, if you believe in kingdom now theology and all this stuff that you're professing, I would begin to test yourself to see if you're in the faith because it, you're not rightly dividing the word of God at all. And and just so you know, Melissa, the scriptures are very clear. In Acts 17, it tells us to be a Berean and to search the scriptures. And it also tells us to rightly divide. So clearly, if the Bible's telling us to rightly divide, that means that there's people such as yourself and other false teachers that are wrongly dividing the word of God. So we need to set aside our flesh. We need to set aside our personal opinions and we need to let God, we need to let God speak to us through his amazing word. And, and I'm, I, I just want to know, um, you know, Melissa, when, when you study through the book of revelation, you know, do you take notes? Do you write in your Bible? Do you dissect what, what the word of God says? I mean, here, I'm just saying, I'm not boasting by any means, but that's what your Bible should look like. It should be marked. It should have context. It should be relating to another passage of scripture. And, and, and what you're saying, I don't hear it. I mean, you're tongue-tied half the time because your brain can't really process the lie that you think is true. So again, Melissa, feel free to reach out to me. Again, at Life Clips 
podcast at gmail. Again, that email address is life clips podcast, life clips podcast at gmail. And then you can also um, email me or find me on Facebook. So I do disable comments on YouTube for a reason because I'm not going to have dialogue with people on YouTube. I'd rather have dialogue with someone via email, on the telephone, Facebook, Messenger, however that is. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that what you're teaching is correct. I mean, I, I know many people within this Q movement, and that's why I'm doing this. That's why the Lord has led me to do this. And I've got news for you. You know, the devil doesn't want me to talk about this. I, I've had, you know, a very, uh, shall we say, um, <laughs> tribulation type of a week, you know, and my armor, I realized I wasn't armored up and I, I just had to stop. I had to close it all out and I had to armor up and, you know, the devil's going to come in like a flood. He doesn't want me to talk about this. The devil doesn't want me to expose his lie. And again, that's why we had to start with new age to work into QAnon because you're deceived and your followers are deceived as well. All right, so we went into error number one last week. So what we're going to do here real, real quick, and I mean quick, guys. So again, this is just me this week. It's going to be me and a book. There's no frills. There's no doodlies. There's no videos. We are going to go word for word, and I'm going to tackle this woman as best as I can and uh, talking through God's word. So last week or Friday, uh, uh, Wednesday's episode, we went into the rapture. So again, as I said, if you don't have that timeline down and you're not correct on your eschatology with rapture, the rapture, the rest of what you believe in, it's not going to make sense because now you're trying to fit puzzle pieces that just don't quite fit into your theology. So, you know, and, and we can break it all down. So you said that error number two, um, you exposed it. Um, the pre-trib, the mid-trib, the post-trib, and you said, no, there's no such thing because you don't believe in the rapture at all. So you said all of those things um, are wrong. So basically, no, you're, you're wrong. The pre-tribulation rapture is scriptural. And uh, again, Dr. Andy Woods and also J.D. Farag really break it down. Uh, Dr. Andy Woods has a complete, and he's still going into it, playlist on the rapture. So, uh, you know, really get into that message because he's, he's teaching biblically sound doctrine when it comes to the rapture. So uh, the mid-trip to me, no, I, I, I would agree with you on that. That wouldn't even make sense to me. And post-trip definitely, by all means, does not make sense at all. So again, Melissa, you don't even believe in a rapture. So again, as I said three podcasts ago, if you don't even believe in the rapture, then what Jesus do you actually believe in? So I'm not going to sit there anymore on your error number two because you're in error. Um, error number three, you said that one left, one taken verse is about the rapture. No. Well, in all actuality, you are correct on that. That has been taken out of context. However, um, that is regarding the judgment of Christ. So, so basically, the timeline is this. The rapture happens. The tribulation, seven years. Then the Battle of Armageddon, and believe me, we'll get there. And then the Millennial Reign of Christ. After the Millennial Reign of Christ, then there's what's called the uh, the Great White Throne Judgment. Those that the participants in that are going to be the 
saints in the tribulation and those who have populated the earth during the millennial kingdom. And then it's also going to be the past people who have died. So basically, all of these people are going to be before Jesus. And that's what he's talking about. One will be left and one will be taken because there's sheep and there's goats. And at the end of the millennial reign is the great white throne judgment. And that is when um, sin is completely eradicated forever and ever and ever. So I'm not going to stick on that too long because throughout your book, I also have to dissect you. So I don't want to stay on these topics too long because again, there's a lot to dive into. So again, on actually error three, you are correct, but you're not correct for biblical reasons. Um, you're correct because as you always mention, and I quote, the new world order infiltrated and told us the one taken is the rapture. That was mass deception. <laughs> you have no idea. None. Okay. So then era four exposed, you said the battle of Armageddon is against the entire world of unbelievers. You say that is not true. So there again, you have some of it right, but most of it wrong. So I would give you 0.02% of that being right, because the battle of Armageddon is not against the entire world. See, what happens is after the tribulation period is over and the unbelieving Israel looks upon him, the one that they pierced, right? Then at that point, their unbelief turns to belief. And with the sword from Jesus's mouth, he decimates everyone. So there's not really even a battle at all. There's there's no battle at the battle of Armageddon. I, I think you just need to kind of take the word battle out of that because who would battle against Jesus? <laughs> it's Jesus. It's not like um, anyone can actually compete with him because certainly the devil was not on the same playing field as Jesus. So let's, again, we have to keep this in context. The battle of Armageddon is not even a battle. That is Jesus comes on the white horse. He splits the mountain in two. And from the word of his mouth, right? The gospel, right? In instantaneously, the sword kills men that vultures come down and they gorge and they feast on those dead bodies. So, Again, um, you're not correct, and I'm not even going to continue with that because, again, you couldn't even get the rapture right. So, Error 5 exposed, you said that Armageddon is a physical war in the Jezreel Valley between a nation from the north and Iraq. No. So, again, you are correct, but you have no idea what you're talking about, and we just explained the Battle of Armageddon. It is not even a battle. Error number six exposed uh, this right here. I, I, I seriously feel bad for the deception. And uh, she says, and I quote, the mark of the beast is a physical mark chip required on all humanity. She says, no, that's not true. So I'm going to quote here. And she says, this, decep this deception caused many to believe that God was going to destroy every man, woman, and child who took the mark of the beast tattoo or chip in order to survive and save their families. Continuing, she says, and I quote, can you imagine? The Lord would never punish people for that. The mark of the beast has nothing to do with tattoos or chips at all. That is not the mark of the beast. Melissa, really? Okay. So when you turn into Revelation chapter 13 and you read about the beast, 
the false prophet on behalf of the beast, um, he performs signs and wonders. And on behalf, so the false prophet on behalf of the Antichrist, he actually um, requires them to receive a mark. And that starts in verse 16. And I quote, and I'm reading from the King James. It said, and he, that would be the false prophet here that we're talking about, causeth all, I think the word all means all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So how can you or anyone else say that that is not a physical mark? If it was, and we're going to read what you say, if it's what you say, good and evil, then why would a right hand or their foreheads be mentioned? Why would God even breathe that through the Holy Spirit on paper? You don't make sense. Verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. I know you think it's a system too. It's not. Why would he put the word man there? And his, seems like a running theme here. Him, his number is 600, three score and six. So no, Melissa, you're wrong. See, the mark of the beast is an actual mark. It, it, it's, it's a mark. It's a mark of, um, <laughs> it's the mark of the beast. And in order, see, see, okay, let me just break this down for you. Maybe you'll understand. So after the rapture happens, right? Nobody knows the time frame. Um, I don't think it would be that long between the rapture and the beginning of the tribulation. Uh, I won't be here to find out. But there's going to be a man come on the scene. I know you don't think that's true. So there's going to be a man come on the scene. This man will confirm a peace treaty. He will make greater, that's actually what that word means, a peace treaty, a covenant between Israel and some surrounding nations, right? So in order to keep that in context, we have to go back to the book of Daniel when we read that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Right, It says he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. One week is seven years. Then we also have to keep that in context by reading Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39. There is a war separate from the war of Gog and Magog that we read about again in the book of Revelation. This two separate timelines. They're not the same. So when does that war happen? I don't know. There's speculation. I personally believe that it'll either happen at the same time of the rapture, right after the rapture, because something has to happen for this Messiah to come on the scene and then confirm a peace treaty with Israel because they were invaded by all of these nations. And then at that point, um, once it's confirmed, you know, once they confirm this and this leader comes on the scene, there's going to be a false peace. And then after the false peace, three and a half years into the tribulation, while well, now now everyone's deceived. They're deceived. They think this man is the Messiah. You QAnon followers are probably going to think either one, it's JFK Jr., or you're going to think it's the actual Messiah because clearly you guys are thinking that the thousand-year reign is just going to happen any day now, and you're forgetting a complete entirety of seven years that have to take place first. Do you see how one 
error that you guys make will lead into more and more and more and none of it makes sense because you can't just cherry pick, as you said, Melissa, scripture verses, right? You got to keep everything in context, but you don't. So the mark of the beast is a physical mark and it's, it's something that is given in order for us to buy and sell. That's why we compare the mask today with the mark of tomorrow. Because once this man comes on the scene, the first three and a half years is going to be a pseudo peace, but there's still going to be cataclysmic things happening on the earth. We're not going to just sit back and sing kumbaya and everyone's going to go to work and chill and lay out by the pool and get a tan and go to the beach and, you know, go to Six Flags and go to the park and be able to jog. Life is not going to be normal. Okay. It's going to be locked down on a grander scale. It's going to be fires, earthquakes pestilence, everything on a grander scale. But so anyway, so this guy for three and a half years is promising peace, is deceiving you. So then he has this mortal wound that is healed. So is it a real um, resurrection? Is it a fake resurrection? I, you know, the scripture isn't very clear on that because there's no other place really to um, keep it in context or to rightly divide that passage because there's really nothing else in the Bible. And again, I'm going to plug Dr. Andy because in his Revelation series, and again, I plugged that before in the playlist, he does talk about this. And we're, and we're going to get into that. Uh, I, I mean, I do have some videos, but I'm not doing that today because I just want to dive into this book. And uh, hopefully this won't be a very long, long podcast. So, and then after that, so he's resurrected from this mortal wound. So now everyone's like, oh my gosh, this dude really is Messiah. This man brought peace to the world. Look at us, blah, 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 blah. So now the false prophet on behalf of the Antichrist is now going to tell you, hey, you need to get him on. Whatever that mark looks like, you know, it's going to be in your right hand or your forehead. It, it's clear in the Bible. But how many people will line up in line? Now, let me digress here just for a minute, and you have to understand why the deception even takes place. So for the first three and a half years of this tribulation, that will happen on the earth, okay? You're going to have 144,000 evangelical Jewish virgin men preaching the gospel. And I don't know about you, but I guarantee you that's going to be an amazing time on earth, right? So you're still going to hear the gospel. Then you're going to have angels flying in the heavens, also proclaiming the gospel. And then also warning humanity, hey, whoa, 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 this is the last woe, you need to get right. And then on top of that, I know you think the two witnesses are something completely asinine. But then there's two witnesses. Some people believe that it's Elijah and Moses. Nobody knows. Um, Enoch, I've heard studies on that. But then when I heard another study, I was like, oh, I don't think it's Enoch. So anyway, you're going to have these two witnesses in the city, the old city of Jerusalem, also preaching to people. And if anyone tries to bring them harm from their own mouths, fire and all these other things will happen. They also have the power to shut up the sky. So no rain um, may not fall down. So anyway, that's happening in the first three and a half years. So the gospel is literally God's grace and his mercy through the most cataclysmic time on planet earth. It's still going on. God is like, okay, I'm still, here's my grace. Listen, listen, listen. And then boom, you know what happens? Three and a half years in, it all stops. God's like, okay, that's it. Then this antichrist, he has a wound 
that is healed. And again, I'm using air quotes because I don't know. Uh, I won't be here to find out. You will know. But by that time, it's too late because now the deception of believing the lie will really set in. You're now going to believe that this is truly a Messiah. The Gentiles will. And that's where we need to make the distinction here. You need to make the distinction, Melissa, in the Gentiles and the Jewish people. It is two separate agendas for two separate people. You see, the tribulation is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Nothing about the tribulation is Greek, Gentilish. It's all Jewish. Every part of it is Jewish. There's nothing regarding the church in the tribulation, not in the book of Revelation and not in the Old Testament. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Who's Jacob? That's not the church. It's not a new name of a church down the street from you. Jacob is Israel. So I realize you don't believe in that because you don't really think. And that's what happens with kingdom now theology. You're also replacement theology, which is a hellbound heretical teaching. You know, so again, we're connecting these dots and everything that you believe is a lie. So that's what happens. You may take that mark because you're going to be deceived thinking that this is the Antichrist. Error number, number seven, um, this right here, again, you have no idea what you're talking about. You said the third temple must be built before the battle of Armageddon. So no is what you say. And again, let me, you got to keep it in perspective. You're not keeping it in perspective. Rapture, tribulation, millennial reign of Christ, rapture, tribulation, battle of Armageddon, Millennial reign of Christ, great white throne judgment, and then new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. Oh, and I need to ask you this, Melissa, as I just thought about saying new earth. You don't even mention that. <laughs> you, you think we're still going to just be chilling on earth because you fought the beast in the new world order. So again, you ripped that entire thing out of the Bible. And it's in here, so we'll get to it. Don't worry. Once the rapture happens and this peace treaty is confirmed with many, with the nation of Israel, that is when the nation of Israel will actually build their third temple. You see, again, scripture, they have to have a temple. Why? Because the Antichrist commits what is called the abomination of desolation. I know, Melissa, you say it's called decimation. Totally different word, totally different meaning. So the Antichrist has to indwell in something. But it's the moment that the Antichrist professes to be God that Israel, in turn, is then saved, and that's where we get into Revelation chapter 12. Again, another thing that you twist. So, and also, Revelation is chronological. You don't want to read it from back to front. Like, that makes no sense. So anyway, um, when Israel is saved and they're rescued, as we read in Revelation 12, they're going to the land, some people say the land of Petra, it's definitely something impenetrable that the Antichrist cannot even get to them. So again, these are connecting the dots. So the temple, an actual temple in Israel will be rebuilt and they will have their third temple. Erin number eight exposed. She says the tribulation hasn't happened yet. No, Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. 
I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform, and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do. From your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. So I'm sorry. Um, This is, again, where you're so off and so wrong with everything. Because um, who, who... who signed the, the, the covenant? Where's the Antichrist? Who is this person that the Old Testament talks about? You see, the problem is, is when you just sit in the book of Revelation and you don't do any other hermeneutical framework in the Old Testament, <laughs> you're stuck because you're, you're reading a timeline that doesn't exist. So, okay. Uh, um, I'm so confused. So in Revelation chapter one, let's go here for a minute. Okay, guys. Um, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter six. I don't know why I'm in one. So Revelation chapter six, it it begins with the opening of seals. And the first seal is clearly the Antichrist. I, I don't know. I know according to you, Melissa, you think all of this has been fulfilled in AD 70. So again, all of you eschatology is wrong and the problem is is you you are bringing in these christians who are deceived and now you're taking away their blessed hope and that's why i'm doing this because there's christians who are not biblically sound so then they listen to you and they're like well dang i guess there isn't any of this stuff and let me warn anyone if you add or take away from the book of revelation the plagues herein will be added unto you. That's a severe judgment for those who don't take this book seriously. And that should scare you, Melissa, red pill the world, because you ain't doing this right. <clears throat> All right, so let's move on here. So then there's a, uh, the white horse, horse is the Antichrist. So he comes on the scene. Then um, the second seal, right, is taking peace from the earth. So there, that's on that second seal, that's what a lot of people think that Ezekiel 38 may happen. So here's this, the rapture happens, right? So now there's complete chaos in the world. So then when that happens and there's complete chaos in the world, then um, this Ezekiel 38 battle happens. So maybe at that point after the battle, because it doesn't last long, but for 24 hours and God, you know, proves himself to the Israelites that, hey, God saved them. And if you go back in Israel's history, You'll find out a lot of times that 
the Jews have been saved from many different battles. And um, I was watching this thing. Uh, I forgot what I was watching it on, but very interesting that, and again, a lot of Jewish people, they're very, well, atheistic. They don't believe in God, but it, they call it miracles. They don't know how it happened, but I know how it happened. God intervened. So in so many different wars that they had, the three-day war, this war, that war, you can see the hand of God protecting Israel. And that's what's going to happen in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So that's what I think. So peace, so this, this horse comes out, this big war comes out against Israel, and now peace is taken from the earth. Because now remember that everything is in a chaotic state. Where did all of these people go? Where did my children go? Where did my husband go? Or where did my wife go? My mother, my father, et cetera, et cetera. Then this war breaks out. Here's this guy again. He's going to bring peace, but it's a false peace. Then the third horse or the third seal, right? And it says um, the black horse, he had a pair of uh, pair of balances in his hand. And so at this point, the economy and everything wrapped around the economy is going to be decimated. You thought COVID was bad, right? Um, and then the fourth seal is uh, death. And then it said, and hell followed him. So that just shows you how many people are going to die, that literally the gates of hell are following behind this horse, picking up all the dead bodies and bringing them into hell. And they go sit there until the great white throne judgment, which is after the millennial reign. So anyway, where are the trumpets, Melissa? Where's the 144,000, Melissa? Where are the two witnesses, Melissa? Where's their temple, Melissa? Where's everything else that we read about in Revelation? The tribulation has not begun. Because the rapture hasn't happened. So this is what she says, and I quote, I shake my head whenever I hear someone say, the tribulation hasn't happened yet. Really? Are you kidding me? The world is in ruins. As President Trump says, this is our last chance to save our country and even the world. And then she goes into all of this. This is why she thinks we're, the tribulation has happened. China is a communist slave state. Venezuelans are literally starving under Maduro's brutal dictatorship. North Koreans have been under a brutal regime directly by the New World Order. Europe has been shambled since the EU took over and the, uh, I'm sorry, and the migrants have flooded in. Mexico is in utter ruin, being tyrannized by drug lords. Africa, for years, has continually had its assets stolen, not to mention the prolific evil of organ harvesting. Until recently, Saudi Arabia was the head of worldwide human trafficking. Most of the Middle East has held the people in untold oppression. And America, oh dear America, under silent assault from every direction. I didn't even mention the continual massive wars and all the deadly diseases. So yes, the world has had tribulation upon tribulation. I hope I never hear another person say in my lifetime that there has been no tribulation because it still rings in my ears and I'm shaking my head at the incredible deception. Thank the Lord that it is all finally turning around. What world is she living in? We are seeing the fulfillment of Daniel 8, 2 or 8.25. And again, she is quoting the Antichrist. And through his policy, also, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand. So she's literally talking about the Antichrist, and she has no idea. And he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. What did I just say? What, what was just said here? What did I just say? 
He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken with human hand. Praise the Lord. We couldn't defeat the beast, but the Lord, the stronger man can. And then she quotes another scripture, and I'm not even going to go there because she has no idea. So no, that is correct. The tribulation has not happened yet. <laughs> we are still here on planet Earth, and we're going to stay here until the rapture happens. And then you and everyone else who's deceived will be left behind. And, and, and that should scare you. That, that should really scare you. Era 9 exposed. Hey, look at this. We're moving right along. She kind of repeats herself here. And she says, there will be seven years of worldwide cataclysmic tribulation. Her answer is no. It's her answer. Her answer. Where is it at? No. Well, no, there, there actually will be. There will be seven years of literal hell on planet earth. And God himself said, had those days not been cut short, no man would survive, possibly not even the elect, the elect of the Jews. We all know that there will actually be a seven-year tribulation. Era 10 exposed, she says, the Antichrist man of lawlessness has not yet come. She said, no, that's not true. Well, he has not come. So I explained it before. So rewind the video if you want to hear it, because I'm not going to go into that again. So this is what she says. And this is where her deception is. She said, how would anyone recognize the Antichrist? Well, as a believer, we're not supposed to recognize the Antichrist because he won't be here. And that's the whole point of Ezekiel chapter 33. We're to warn people. So I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are probably going to be left behind. Again, I don't know the condition of anyone's heart. But I kind of see a lot of things. So I have a lot of unsafe people in my life. And I've warned and warned and warned and warned. I leave rapture boxes in my home and in my car. And I leave food here for people. And I have extra water. And I've got stuff. But who cares about the food and the water? I want them to get saved. So I know I've warned them about the Antichrist. You, Melissa, and all your other QAnon people are leading all these people astray because they're not looking which I'm not technically looking for the Antichrist, but they're not listening that he's an actual person. And then you say, and I quote, I continue. Um, okay, so let me start from the beginning. Quote, how would anyone recognize the Antichrist? Well, no one's going to recognize the Antichrist because it's going to be a false Messiah coming on the scene. And then she continues to say, who gets to proclaim a person as the Antichrist? Well, no one proclaims him as the Antichrist. He's going to be this supernatural person. Re remember when Barack Obama came on the scene, right? Here was this man, uh, believe me, he's not the Antichrist. Um, here's this man, completely charismatic, um, drew in Republicans that had never voted Democrat, uh, just swayed the people with his charm and his good looks, and he was so articulate and Everything about Barack Obama, first term, seemed like he was legit. But then we actually saw his true color second term, but I digress and we're not going to get into that. So the Antichrist, they call him the little horn. And the reason they call him the little horn is because he's not going to be some grandiose person that we see in the world today. A lot of people think, oh, this is this politician, that politician, and it could be that, and it could be that. First of all, I do agree with um, pastor, a lot of pastors' assessments saying that the, the Antichrist will be a Gentile and the false prophet will be Jewish. So people will say, well, how can the Jews accept a Gentile as their Messiah? 
because that's how good he is. But he's not going to be this loudmouth politician. That's why he's not going to be part of the New World Order. This is where the deception comes in. Right? That's why I started from the beginning. <laughs> the New World Order, right? That is true. Illuminati. These wicked left people, these demonic, debased Democrats, it's not going to be part. They're not going to be the Antichrist because <laughs> they're evil. Who's going to actually want to listen to any of those people? They're already going to come on the scene with an evil agenda. That doesn't make sense biblically. The Antichrist is going to come in. He's going to be so nice and so suave. And then you're going to have the false prophet who's going to come in like a lamb, right? And then he's going to deceive people. So he's a little horn. Remember, Barack Obama was a nobody. He was a no-name. Nobody knew anything about him. And overnight, he blew up. The Antichrist is going to be like that, but a hundred times worse. And then she says here, check out this passage, and then we can talk about it. And she quotes from, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to just read what she bolds. She calls him, the man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, is revealed. And then she continues to bold. He will be revealed at the proper time. And she bolds again, and the lawless one will be revealed. And again, the coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the working of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder, and with every wicked deception. And she continues to bold powerful delusion. <laughs> so this again is where she is deceived. So she literally, in her own words, she is, she knows, she's, she's quoting it. She's saying who he is and what he does. And then she says here, he will be accompanied by the working of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder, and with every wicked deception. Who does this sound like to you? And then she says, all together now. Can we read that? The New World Order Globalist Bloodlines. What are you talking about? That's not the Antichrist. It's not a George Soros. It's not a Rockefeller. It's not a Rothschild. It's none of those. It is a little horn who's going to deceive you. You, you'll be deceived. <sighs> okay, era number 11, expose. I, I get a just, oh, I just want to scream. I literally want to sit in front of her with a Bible and, and let us just sit down Bible to Bible. She's so deceived. These people are deceived. And I mean that seriously with every ounce of my being. You're deceived. And, and this is just, I, I can't even read it. It's so sickening. She says, Era 11 expose the name Jew always describes the physical lineage of Judah. The name Israel always describes the physical lineage of Jacob. She says, no. Replacement theology. The church has not replaced Israel. And I, I love, I believe it was J.D. Farage who said, if the promises made, if God made these promises to Israel and broke them, then how do you know the promises he's made to the church? He's going to uphold those. He has not broken his promise with Israel. That's the whole point of the seven-year tribulation. The Jewish people, right? They did not accept Christ when he came to earth the first time as their Messiah. They didn't. And this is what they're going to get because of their unbelief. Now, there are Messianic Jews, and hallelujah for them. And, the, and then there, there's more that are coming, yes. But no, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. 
<sighs> anyway, she misquotes Galatians chapter 3, verses 28 and 29, and then she totally butchers Romans 2, uh, verses 28 and 29. And this is what she says, and then we'll get into error 12 and end this podcast for the week. And I quote, she says, the Lord counts a Jew as someone who follows him from their heart. No, Melissa, no. Sadly, there are many who claim to be Jews, and I'm quoting from the sadly part, who do not follow the Lord and are not physical Jews either, but have hijacked the name Jew for evil purposes. And I guarantee you she's probably referring to Rothschild and Soros and all of these other very powerful Jewish people, right? I mean, Jeff Zuckerberger, and, and the list goes on and on. You would be surprised if you just Google, um, you know, Jews. There's a lot of powerful Jews, um, and a lot of them are extremely, extremely wealthy, you know? Um, and yes, they have deceived. They're part of a, a lot of stuff. But no, Melissa, a Jew is a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. And then finally, Era 12 exposed... Um, she said, fleeing into the mountains verse is for future tribulation. I don't even know what she means by that. It doesn't even make sense. And then she even again quotes Matthew 24 regarding the abomination of desolation in order to make that work. So again, that does happen, right? They will, the Jewish, that's why the tribulation is Jewish. <laughs> God protects the Jews and they flee into the mountains. And again, that's why some say it is called Petra. All right. So to end here, I want to quote from her again. And she says, one of Satan's most effective deception tools has been false prophets. We might think of those as primarily religious leaders, but that also includes false information of every kind. She, she literally has the plank so far embedded in her eye that she, she can't see that she herself is false. So she says false educators. I'm not going to read the words false before everyone. So false educators, reporters, judges, lawyers, history, science, doctors, governments, politicians, wars, food, entertainment, weather, financial markets, anything false just won't stand up to our scrutiny. And I continue to quote, she says, as we break into this new deception-free age, okay, no, the tribulation is going to be a huge deception age. In your mind, you might be deception-free, but it's not going to be deception-free. It's going to be the worst deception ever. Day by day, we are seeing that the lies just don't work anymore. Imagine 10 years and 20 without the lies. Our awakening spells the end of the new world order. Their rule over us will crumble as we see through the lies. Okay. And then she goes on about some other nonsense. And then I quote, one of the main reasons I am writing this book is to hopefully bring Christians into the fight. So Melissa, I'll counter that by saying, and I want to get right up in this camera so you can hear me and you can hear me well. That's why you wrote this book. And that's the reason I'm doing this podcast. Because I don't want Christians to be brought into your web of lies and deception. You are taking away the blessed hope of believers, and you will be held accountable before a holy God for your deception. So you can write a book all day long, and I will continue to record this podcast and expose and expose your 
wicked, wicked, debased, vile, satanic agenda. You do not know the word of God. And I will call you out here on YouTube without hesitation. So again, if you want to have a dialogue with me, a true biblical dialogue, and let's dissect into not only Revelation, but Daniel, Ezekiel, Joel, Isaiah, even some of the Psalms. If you want to dive into this together and have a properly exegetical conversation, you contact me. But I guarantee you, Melissa, you're going to be too afraid to do that. Because you've built a platform of lies right now where I know your YouTube channel has now been pulled, but you pulled in 65,000 susceptible non-thinkers, right? They didn't take a red pill. They took the stupid pill. And I'm not going to end until I finish this book. Believe me, I'm not going to end. It takes up so much of my time. I don't even have an off day. But it's worth it. Because this to me is kingdom work. It's not my job to bring the kingdom to heaven. It is to pray your will be done, your kingdom come, not Kim's kingdom. Where do you see the word we in that? Tell me where you see the word we, Melissa. You don't. Your, 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 meaning a holy God that you have no reverence for. So go ahead, write your book, and I'm going to continue to podcast regarding this fiction book. You're leading people astray. And if you're in this QAnon movement, and you keep giving this a thumbs down, it doesn't matter. You're not going to silence me. Listen, Q, amazing patriots. You guys love our country. For that, I applaud you. Trump is not the savior. Jesus Christ is the savior. I'm voting for Trump. I'm a proud Trump supporter, but he's not my savior. He's not on the, um, Christ is not on the ballot. Trump is, so that's what I got to vote for. So stick with the patriotism. It's great. Stick with your Q posts. It's great. But leave the Bible to the real Bible believers. And if you want to really know truth, you can have it both ways. You can be a patriot and a solid, biblical, born-again believer excited about the rapture of the church. But unfortunately, you'd rather keep peddling your lies. So on that note, guys, listen, I'm going to hang up. Well, stop, not hang up, literally, because we're not on the phone. Let's bring it back 1989 there for a moment. And uh, we're going to dive into the rest of this book. And we're not going to sit in a lot of places just because we um, kind of did these errors. So it's kind of really going to be fast moving from here on out. I promise, I promise, I promise. And uh, that way we can be done with QAnon. And uh, so listen, honestly, on a side note, if you want to come on here, if maybe these videos have helped you and you have broken free of this Q cult, uh, please reach out to me. I would love to have you on Life Clips Podcast. and. Uh, we can connect and we can just dive into what made you change. And uh, as always, again, please uh, share the video, thumbs up, and uh, subscribe, subscribe. Man, we need to get the word out. Um, we're definitely living in the last milliseconds of humanity. So with all that being said, I'm going to sign off. So until we meet again, my family, my beautiful, beautiful family, thanks. Bye. So hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. As always, I trust that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I ask that you subscribe right here to this YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to us on a podcast platform like Apple, Google, Spotify, we've added two new ones, Pandora and Amazon. Please go ahead and subscribe there as well. I think on platforms, uh, I think like Pandora, it's called Collect. 
So whatever option it's giving you to make sure that you follow our podcast, just select that option. And it's twofold. Honestly, it kind of garners how many listeners we're getting and who's subscribing to that channel. And it's also going to help you be notified when we upload a new episode. So Life Clips is kind of moving. It's morphing into something a little bit more than what we started just because of the nature of the world in which we're living right now. So with that being said, I don't know if I'm going to continue to upload every Friday. I may increase that to two or maybe even three times a week. So with that being said, if you want to be notified, you need to subscribe. You need to subscribe and it's free on everything. Anything that you subscribe on is free, both YouTube and also the podcast. Please, if you want to be on this podcast, I welcome anybody, and I mean anybody on this podcast, you can email us at lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. You can also, if it's easier, Facebook message us. So we are on Facebook and Instagram at lifeclipspodcast, all one word, lifeclipspodcast. Also, in case you want to find us, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to find us on YouTube, we are Life Clips Podcast. Yes, but Life Clips is one word. So please make sure that you note that. Life Clips is one word. Um, so what else? I think that's it, right? So anyway, with all that being said, I'm going to save the best for last. And as always, when I end my podcast, it's the most important news that you'll ever hear it's the most encouragement a Christian will ever hear, and one day we will get to see. So look up, for our redemption is drawing near.